0: I want to share a little bit about holiness and righteousness. The church that I grew up in was very much a works oriented church. And I suspect that will be the case for many of you that are watching my videos. And because of that, I always had in the back of my mind, a scale, a spiritual scale that was measuring all the good things that i had done. And all of the bad and so in my mind I'm trying to make sure that maybe if I do enough good it'll outweigh the bad and and then maybe God can have mercy on me and that's basically at the back of my mind that's the psychology of the religion that I lived and it took a lot of years to find out that number one it's unscriptural but number two and more importantly by my interactions with the holy spirit with the lord over the years he's demonstrated to me very clearly that this is a lie and that he loves me in spite of my sin and that no amount of good works can overcome any of that i can only go to him trust him and ask his forgiveness and through that relationship I have with him be changed by it. And it's a process. And there's a reason why when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit that they were given what was called a lifespan before the sentence of death was executed. And that really is what a lifespan is. You know, The Book of Mormon calls it the days of our probation. And so, although we are not born... Sinners, babies, little children are innocent. And yet because of the sin nature that is in this world, the sin nature that is in humanity, that it isn't too long before we begin to take on that sin nature, the fallen nature of man. And because of that, we need a Savior. And there's no way that any of us are going to get through this life without sinning, probably a great deal more than we would want but we have this lifetime to draw close to him to desire righteousness to choose him over these other things and you know the thing is uh, we can't really do it on our own we must choose him yes but uh, how to overcome how to overcome these sins how to be righteous It's basically impossible under our own willpower alone. We need something more, and that is, we have to be changed by beholding him, looking at him, seeing him, spending time with him, by beholding his holiness, his righteousness, and having experiences with a holy God with feeling the sacred nature of his spirit from time to time that draws us in and makes us desire higher things, things of the kingdom that makes the things of this earth like dross, you know, like garbage that needs to be taken out and thrown in the dumpster. How do we get there? How are we going to become a holy people? Because this is the thing that the Holy Spirit, I believe, has been trying to communicate with me about in the last week or two, is that he needs a holy people, the literal body of Christ manifest on earth today, that he may work through us. But because of where the world is headed, we need to be more than an occasional witness, and we need to be a much stronger witness We need to be kind of witness that is not a witness in words only or even just in charity. But the kind of witness that walks in the very powers of heaven. And how do you get there? How do you become like Nephi where God entrusts his power into Nephi and says, I can trust you with this because I know you won't do anything contrary to my will. How do we arrive to that point? Because he's looking for a whole people, not just one man, not just one high priest. You see, the high priest was a type and shadow pointing to Christ that would come. That was their purpose, to show the rest of us what he would be like. But now that he has come and gone to the cross and been resurrected and overcome death and hell, He has prepared the way for us that we can be like him. And so then there is this royal priesthood of believers. And if we have the great high priest, even Jesus Christ, living inside of us, remember that he said that we can do all things if he abides in us and we abide in him. And he said, And if I do not abide in you, then you can do nothing apart from me. And so because of that, because we have the king, the high priest abiding in us, if we have that, then we have that royal priesthood. Then we have the high priesthood within us, each of us. Not in the way that we think about it in the restoration or in the story that we've been told regarding priesthood. We have it in a way that we have not understood. You see, if Jesus abides in you, and if he tells you to do something, then you know what comes with that command? The very power and authority to do it. And what can't you do as a disciple of Jesus Christ if he commands it? If he wants this mountain to be removed, and he tells you to speak the words, what will prohibit it? If he says to raise the dead, what can stop it except we ourselves, if we do not believe. So how do we get there? How do we get this holiness? Yes, we come under Jesus. We know that, but how, how is this achieved? How do we go beyond where we are now and scale the mountain to come to the top, to meet with him face to face? So I was reminded of a scripture in Alma where it is said, but behold, if you awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if you can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you. And now I want you to think about this concept and apply it to holiness. So imagine, if you will, that Alma says to you that even if you can know more than desire holiness, then let this desire work in you. And that's what I have been sensing. Let this desire work in you. I don't know how to be holy. I can't be holy on my own. I know that he can exchange his righteous robe for my filthy rags. He can forgive my sins. But how do I go on and lose this desire to sin and sin no more? Is it possible to become like him? We know it must be because he said so. He said, be perfect, even as my Father in heaven is perfect. If Jesus can be perfect, if he can do the will of the Father, and if he has prepared the way for us that we can, if he is the way and he has prepared that way, then surely there must be a way to be perfect, not on our own. Have you seen anyone do it? But if you have that desire for holiness, it's a desire for him. And let that desire work in you. This is the thing that I've come to understand, that the Holy Spirit has imparted to me a desire for holiness. And now this is the scary proposition, the the scary prayer to say that I've had to say a time or two in my life to get out of where I was stuck and be delivered and be set free. And I had to say it just recently, several weeks ago. And that is that because of my desire for holiness and knowing that I'm so far from it, I had to give God permission and ask him Ask him to come and interfere in my life. Come, O Lord, and do what needs to be done to work in me this desire for holiness. Work in me to take away this desire for sin, for the things of the world, for the things that waste time, the things that are keeping me back. Give me, Lord, a greater desire for you and your ways like I have never had before. I want to go to the next level, Lord. This is a prayer that I had to pray. And you know, what happened as a result of that is that he's begun to pursue me because I gave him permission. Because I let this desire enter into my heart. And now I let that desire work in me. And if I can no more than just desire for holiness, he can work with that. I want to share a testimony with you that came back to my remembrance just recently with this pursuit of holiness. And this is one of my earliest testimonies after I gave my life to the Lord back when I was about age 26. And yet my old sin nature refused to die, even though I wasn't committing any sin outwardly inwardly in my thought life i i would have thoughts that were in pure come to me and and these things that are unchrist-like and it just bothered me tremendously because i thought lord i I want to give my life to you I, i gave my life to you i have dedicated my life and yet here i am still being embroiled in this sin nature and struggling with it and i just felt like No matter what I did, I was still just a rotten person deep down in my core or something that I hadn't been really transformed. So what I'm about to share with you is one of my earliest testimonies after my conversion. I was laying in bed and I was laying my heart bare to the Lord about this problem. And that's when I had a vision. And in the vision, I saw a glass of water. It was like half full. And have you ever seen a sunbeam coming through, just streaming through a window in your house? Very bright. And in that sunbeam, the light is so bright that you can see all the little particles, all the little hairs and the dust just floating in the air. And it's just like thousands of these things. And, you know, you kind of get freaked out a little bit thinking, wow, I must be breathing that in all the time. And we are, but there it is. Now you see it, it's visible. Normally you don't see it. If you ever had that experience, that's what this vision was like. I could see this bright beam of light and I could see these dust particles and they're just floating down into this glass of water. That's half full. And then there's a finger and a hand and it's trying to reach into the glass and it's just trying to pull out these little specks of dust and get them out of the water. Well, that, As you can imagine, that was basically an exercise in futility for every speck I may have managed to get out of the water, you know, 20 more fallen in. And that's when I heard the voice of the spirit say, this is how you are dealing with your sin and your sin nature. And then he said let me show you how i do it and then the water in the glass began to rise and expand as if there was a spring internal that the water was coming out of inside this glass and so the water rose up and began to just gush out the top just gushing out the top and as you can imagine with the water just pouring out of that glass no dust no specks could get inside the glass. The glass had pure water in it. Trying to remove your own sin is an exercise in futility. If you're in bondage to sin, you need deliverance. You need his help. And it's impossible to become pure in heart or to become sinless or righteous, let alone holy on your own, by your own merits or according to your works. He's got to change our nature. And this is where Alma said, have you experienced this mighty change in your heart? That is the genuine born again experience. In this vision, he showed me how I was trying to remove sin. And that scale or the balance that is in my mind, sin versus good works, I was never going to win that battle. And this was brought back to my memory just recently. This testimony that I had so many years ago in the mid-1990s. God's way is for his spirit to fill us to the point of overflowing. And that this pushes out all that is evil and can change our natures. It is he who can do it and we must simply surrender to it. We must desire him above all else. And if we cannot find the ability to do that, then let that desire work in you and begin to pray for it. Ask God to come in and, and do what must needs to be done. For some people, they may have to come to a point in their life where they're ready to do that. It's a commitment, but it's a commitment that is not a dour one. It is one that is joyful. Only that the devil has lied to us and make us think that it means doing away with fun, doing away with enjoyment. (laughs) This is a lie. Um, The real joy is found in the Lord and the true peace and happiness that only the Spirit can bring. You know, I was told many years ago that all true ministry comes from the overflow. Well, I pray that... This testimony or this witness might be of value to some out there who's struggling like I have all my life. And if you desire to pursue holiness and righteousness, hey, we can pray for one another. And we know that God will have a people. And if we can just know more than let that desire work in us, that we might be that people. That we might be like Abraham. And that he was called a friend of god and you know what a friend is it's someone you can share everything with and that's what god wants and that's what i want as well from him how about you we know that he is faithful to complete that work which he has begun in us so if there's something holding us back it's we ourselves And probably because we're buying into lies of the adversary, because we're buying into lies about God himself and that we don't really understand his true nature. And perhaps we're afraid of him. Perhaps we don't really understand him. Perhaps we believe lies about ourselves to make us feel like God does not love us, that God does not care for us, or that we are nothing to him. And that's a lie. The Lord God made each and every single one of you. In the day that he made you, he created you for a purpose. And that purpose is that you are a solution to a problem here on earth. And he has sent you here. You have a mission. You have a calling. You have a ministry. You don't have to be called to priesthood. You don't have to be called to some office specific. Whether you're a man or a woman or a child, let that desire work in you. He is waiting for people to come to him with fullness of heart, with fullness of faith, with earnest desire. Amen. Well, until next time, God bless.